listening to Proof Text, a Glossa House podcast by Dr. T. Michael W. Halcom, Dr. Frederick J. Long, Dr. Mario Melendez, Dr. Jennifer Noonan, and J. M. Smith. Welcome and enjoy. Hey, welcome back to Proof Text. I'm Dr. Mario, and this is What's in the Name. And we're considering names through the Bible. Uh, we're working on the book names that we have attributed to different people. And, and today's name is Isaiah. Isaiah. Or if we were to say it correctly in Hebrew, unlike the English way, it's Yashiahu. That is so much cooler sounding. Anyway, um, Yashiahu is, is Isaiah. And he is one of the great prophets, one of the major prophets. Again, let's, let's throw this out there in case you don't know. Major does not mean more important just means that he wrote more than, say, the minor prophets like Habakkuk or Micah or Obadiah, any of those guys. Isaiah's name is one that um, is really unique and is fitting to his story and his time period. So let's consider the etymology, then we'll look at his story, and then we'll talk about the theological application for us today. All right, etymologically, hard word to say whenever you've been reading other languages this morning, um, etymologically, his name is Yashiahu, which is Yahweh saves. Now, this uh, has this uh, Yasha in it, right? Um, which we had talked about before with uh, uh, Joshua, Yashua, right? Um, which, of course, is Jesus's uh, Hebrew Aramaic name, uh, Yeshua. And so this is setting at a point in time where, frankly, they have forgotten who could save them and who would save them. And so Isaiah takes on this name. Um, by the way, this is a question that was sent to me by a viewer of our series. Um, Mario, are these names names that were given to the authors uh, by their parents or are these names that they uh, assumed later in life? I tend to think that these are names that either they assumed or the uh, canonicalists, those that preserved the text since it was an oral tradition, um, attributed these names as such, so that way you would see the poignancy of their name in the story. So that's perfectly fine either way for me. I don't care if it was from their parents or if it was preserved as this way for us via the providence of God and the guarding of the Holy Spirit in the canonizing process. Isaiah. So Isaiah um, is Yahweh will save, or Yahweh saves. Uh, this is set at the point in time that the Assyrian Empire is the booming empire of the ancient world. Uh, if you read earlier in the Bible, historically speaking, in timeline, uh, we alternate between the Egyptians being the superpower, the Philistines being a superpower, the Canaanites are somewhat of a superpower whenever we get to the land of Canaan. Um, uh, of course, we had the Sumerians way early in the early patriarchal period of the uh, of Abraham. But now we've gotten to the point that the Assyrian Empire is the superpower. Um, and if I was to have a map before you, as I teach all my students, uh, basically the ancient world is this. Everybody in the East wants to conquer the West because Egypt has everything. Just go run a map of mines in Egypt, uh, uh, ancient mines in Egypt, ancient fields of Egypt, ancient storehouses of Egypt. Uh, for lack of better terms, Egypt was Walmart. And whenever the world goes crazy, everybody tends to go like rampage Walmart and buy all the toilet paper as we saw in COVID. And so Isaiah is sitting in 
the land of Israel, at a point in time when Assyria, an eastern empire, is desiring to go and conquer Egypt, who's in the west, and our Walmart. Uh, stuck in the middle, of course, is our friends of the Bible, the Israelites. They're in the land of Canaan. It is an easier land to pass through than walking through the desert that's to the east, such as Moab and other places like that. And so here Isaiah is sitting and Isaiah is watching uh, Assyria come uh, to the doors and are starting to beat on that point. Now, here's what's interesting is that Assyria is being used by God to correct his people. Uh, I, we don't have time in this video, but I would encourage you to go read either uh, Leviticus or, or Deuteronomy. It would be a great place to go. And consider that if they break the promises of God, i.e. the covenant, uh, they would be, well, exiled from the land. And this is one of those instances, Assyria is coming, and they do indeed exile a large portion of Israel. Namely, the ten northern tribes who are lost to time. Hence, we call them the lost tribes of Israel. And so they're coming in. Isaiah chapter 1 begins and, and starts us with this. Uh, Listen, O heavens, and hear, O earth, for the Lord speaks. The sons I have regarded and brought up, they revolt against me. An ox knows its owner, and a donkey knows its master, but Israel does not know my name. And so this is a really interesting thing. They're coming in. Uh, is, uh, Assyria is coming because God is using them as his own uh, uh, tool, a strong arm, dare I quote some of the other Old Testament uh, uh, authors. Later, he's going to do the same thing. If you go read uh, the book of Habakkuk, he's going to do the same thing with Babylon to chastise and correct Judah, who remains after the Assyrian uh, uprising. And so here we go. Isaiah is there, Assyria is coming, and Uzziah dies. Uzziah, who's the king at this point in time, his name literally is Yahweh is my strength. Uzziah. Uh, that's why I rather like that the, the little machine gun called Uzi is my strength. Um, but Uzziah, Uzziah is that uh, Yahweh is my strength and he dies. And then we have this great, beautiful uh, enthronement picture in Isaiah chapter 6 of in the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated high and lifted up. And, and he gives this picture of the throne room of heaven and the reality that Yahweh reigns still. Yahweh's in control. And yet the, the accusation from Yahweh in chapter 1 is that my people don't know my name. They forgot who I was. An, an ox knows its master, a donkey knows its master, uh, but they don't know the one that saved them from Egypt or saved them from all these other things that have happened throughout our historical prologues. And so Uzziah dies. Uh, Isaiah sees who is reigning and who is more than uh, capable of saving and yet, the Israel doesn't recognize it. Another king comes to the throne, um, and his name is Ahaz. This is not a good thing. Ahaz comes to the throne, and if you go read in Second uh, Kings 16, Ahaz doubts that Yahweh can save. Ahaz fears for the pending invasion of the Assyrians. And Ahaz does something absolutely ludicrous he burns his own son as a sacrifice to Molech. This is actually one of the laws from Leviticus that you should not offer up your children to Molech as a sacrifice. And yet Ahaz does. And so now 
We had Uzziah die. Ahaz took the throne, and he's a terrible guy, a uh, terrible king. And he burns the, the dare I say, the crown prince on the throne. Uh, he burns the crown prince on, on an altar. And then everybody says, that's it. There's nobody to take the throne. Who's going to save us? And so insert Isaiah chapter 7, right? Uh, so this is after that enthronement period of Isaiah 6, that Yahweh reigns, Yahweh's enthroned, Yahweh is more than powerful, Yahweh can save. Isaiah chapter 7, and it says, And then Yahweh spoke again to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Make it as deep as Sheol or as high as heaven. Um, Ahaz, trembling because he knows of what the Assyrians are going to do. He had seen what they had done in uh, the north, right? Ask of a sign. And then Ahaz says, no. And so then the prophet says, listen, house of David, um, is it too slight of a thing for you to try the patience of men that now you're going to try my patience? Uh, Therefore, I, Yahweh, will give you a sign and insert the beautiful passage that we sing with Handel's Messiah, unto us a son is born, unto us a child is given. Um, and she will bear, right? A virgin will bear a son, and he will be called Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Um, and he shall reign forever and ever, right? Why does that make sense in regards to Isaiah's name? Isaiah's name, etymologically, again, uh, it's Yeshiahu, um, is that Yahweh saves. Even the king who is supposed to preserve the memory and the, the holiness of Yahweh has sacrificed a Molech, a Canaanite god, burned the crown prince, fears that they, there's nothing left to do, and Isaiah declares the word of Yahweh, no, Yahweh can save, and Yahweh will give us a crown prince. You just have to believe. Now, of course, we love to jump to Jesus in regard to this text being fulfilled. And I would tell you that is the perfect fulfillment of this text. But I think in context, um, Hezekiah, uh, who is a righteous king, who does come to the throne next, I think Hezekiah is indeed the one that can do it because Hezekiah, okay, and we'll go back in another series and talk about names of kings, is that the Lord strengthens. The Lord strengthens, or Yahweh strengthens, to be exact. And so, uh, yeah, we go from a sense of fear, no, 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 Yahweh will save Isaiah, to now the reality in uh, Hezekiah that Yahweh strengthens. Now, how does this apply to us theologically? Well, of course we could say, as I did at the outset, that Yeshiahu does indeed have that Yesha bit, which is Joshua's name and Jesus' name. And so we should read this and go, hmm, maybe there's a lot to be said from Isaiah in regards to Jesus. We talked about this before in regards to the book of Joshua, that there are many parallels between Joshua and Jesus. Likewise, there are many verses in parallel between the stories of Jesus in the New Testament and the book of Isaiah. In fact, um, if you come from a Reformed background or if you've read some people of old in the uh, 19th or 18th century one of the prominent names given to the book of Isaiah is the fifth gospel. The fifth gospel. Because it is the second most quoted book in the New Testament other than the Psalms. Now, how does this apply to our lives? Well, like Ahaz, sadly, um, many of us 
uh, who should remember Yahweh, should remember Jesus, uh, well, sadly, many of us offer up sacrifices to false idols, to vain things. We break the exact thing that God says, don't offer up your children to Molech. And yet many of my friends have offered up their kids to, dare I say, the God of athletics or the God of academics. Many of us go and worship other things such as money, family, jobs, prestige, uh, or the Apostle Paul from Galatians, right? We, we strive for the praise of man instead of the praise of Yahweh. So we are fitting into, well, the role of Ahaz. And so we should hear the voice of Isaiah ring not only in our lives, but let's channel Peter, Acts chapter 2, after he gives that beautiful sermon of who Jesus is. It says, And the people who were in the location were cut to the heart. And they asked the beautiful question, What must we do to be saved? And Peter responds appropriately, as I do every time that I get to preach from a pulpit, Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. The context of Ahaz doubting the salvation, going to Molech, is confronted by Isaiah, Yahweh saves, and is then provided with a son, Hezekiah, Yahweh will strengthen. Hear this, the Lord strengthens us if we believe in his salvation. In fact, uh, the Holy Spirit is his strength within us, right? 1 Timothy 4, though, sorry, 1 Timothy 1, verse 4, though, tells us that sadly, even in churches, some will be given over to endless myths and endless genealogies, and they will desire that instead of the truth of who God is. Isaiah confronts these realities and says, No, even when you forget who is reigning, Yahweh reigns and he will strengthen us. Look at what happened in this instance. The impossible. There is no crown prince, and yet the line is restored, and Hezekiah brings about a great revival, and Jesus can bring about a great revival in your life and make you strong as well. This is the story in the name of Isaiah. The etymology the story, and the theology. I hope you enjoy this. Please go back and read the story of Isaiah and apply it to your life again. And in fact, look up in the New Testament all the quotations from Isaiah and see how this might help you understand those even better. I'll see you in the next video. Bye-bye. Interested in growing your ancient language skills but not sure where to start? Glow's House can help. From illustrated readers and short stories to lexicons and grammars, Glossa House offers a variety of resources for beginning, intermediate, and experienced ancient language learners. Head to glossahouse.com today. Glossa House, language resources for the global community.